Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you know that I am all about the uh, horror genre, exploitation, hard to find, little seen, gems in the rough, uh, even movies that aren't that good. I'm going to talk about them. Uh, I am now back from my vacation, which I was only able to get one of my uh, shows taped down there, but I had an epic uh, uh, movie freaks and cinema sidekick uh, podcast taping. So if you haven't heard those yet, please head over to movie freaks podcast over on YouTube, as well as cinema sidekicks and uh, give them a listen. They were uh, a a blast to record, and um, I hope that you enjoy them as well. So I'm going to get started with this episode. Uh, So I thought for today's episode, uh, I'm going to get into, I like to jump around quite a bit and just cover all sorts of different uh, genres within the horror genre for the most part, Uh, the subgenres, I guess you could call them. And today I'm going to be talking about, uh, I've actually already talked about a couple of them that I've already seen uh, on uh, the second episode that I did. Uh, So I'm not going to focus on those, but I'm going to be talking today about some of my favorite sci-fi horror movies. And uh, if you have been following my show, the second episode I talked about a couple of Roger Corman movies that I really, really enjoyed. These, however, are uh, are not really the exploitation type these are more straight-up sci-fi horror. Some of them are a little bit more science fiction than horror. Some of them are a little bit more horror than science fiction. But regardless, um, they're really, really good. Some of them are, a couple of them I think are absolutely fantastic, and a couple of them are just are, are very, very highly recommended uh, good movies. So anyway, without further ado, it's now time for the sci-fi horror episode. So I'm going to start with the oldest movie of the bunch here, and that would be Toby Hooper's Life Force. Uh, I thought that this was a fantastic movie. Uh, Even the first time I saw this thing, which was many, many years ago on VHS, and I'm pretty sure that the version that I watched on VHS, I, I could be wrong, but the version I watched on VHS was the theatrical version. Since then, it's been released uh, in an extended director's cut, and uh, while it is two hours long in the director's cut version, I can't imagine what you would take out of this movie to make it, uh, I don't know, more theatrical-worthy. It's Everything that's in there should be in there, and it sounds like a long running time for a sci-fi horror movie from the 80s, but... Um, it, it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's total sci-fi gold. This is the movie that put Canon, uh, pretty much out of business. This thing, the budget was gigantic on this. And I'm pretty sure that after this one, Toby Hooper did Invaders from Mars. And I believe that they had to cut some of the budget of that one because of, the money that they sank into Life Force and how bad it bombed. And I, you know, I guess now I can see why it bombed. This thing came out in 1985, and it is really out there for a movie from 1985. The uh, the subject matter is just so, so bizarre. I mean, it would, honestly, it would almost fit better 
being made today than it was back then. Um, so I'm going to read the back. I've got the fantastic, fantastic Scream Factory Collector's Edition Blu-ray release of this. And I cannot recommend uh, this version enough. The picture quality is fantastic. It also has the theatrical version on it, which who's going to watch that? Come on. There's a great retrospective with uh, the cast and crew and uh, some some comments from Toby Hooper. Now, this, this version that I have here is no longer in print. Uh, there was one of the special features, and I'm not sure which one it was, but the they, Scream Factory lost the rights to it. So uh, they had to... Uh, cut that part out and so it's been really re-released now without that so obviously now this is a true collector's edition i like that but i'm gonna read the bo- the back of the box here to you uh, from the director of poltergeist and co-writer of aliens comes a thrilling science fiction adventure of explosive action and pulse pounding suspense with mind-blowing special effects by academy award winner uh, john dykstra which he did the visual effects for star wars and you can definitely see his touch in this movie life force is a gripping uh, tale uh, that crosses numerous genres and uh, oh, let's see here okay a mission to investigate Haley's Comet discovers an even stranger phenomenon an alien spacecraft following a deadly confrontation the aliens arrive on earth where their seductive leader begins a terrifying campaign to drain the life force of everyone she encounters her victims in turn continue the cycle and soon the entire planet is in mortal danger and when the mission's sole survivor Steve rails back, he was in the stuntman, sets out to destroy her. He comes face-to-face with the most charming and horrifying being he's ever known. Will he be able to destroy the lovely vampiress, or will he become yet another victim of her fatal charm? Uh, I gotta tell you, this is... uh, This has epic all over it. You know how there are certain movies that you're like, oh, that was a, that was a good little 90 minute movie, whatever. They really went for it in this one. It's big. It feels big. I love that. The outer space scenes in the beginning are fantastic. They still hold up. In fact, most of the special effects hold up today. And the ones that don't hold up are still cool because there's so much um, practical effects in this thing. And, and light wizardry that's going on. And you'll know what I mean with the whole light wizardry. They do it in, uh, in Ghostbusters with the spirits floating in the air. They do something very similar in this. And yeah, it's dated, but it works so well and it's so cool. And it's cool to see what they were doing before CGI. And uh, I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, even some of the vampire creatures that you really see in full effect towards the end, they look a bit hokey. But I like that. I would much rather have that than a poorly rendered CGI sci-fi channel creature that looks stupid. I'd rather have someone's someone's work up on screen that you can see like that's a real costume or that's a real a real makeup effect. So I love that. But as I read before, um, co-writer of Alien, that's Dan O'Bannon, and Dan O'Bannon he directed Return of the Living Dead. Um, and a movie called Resurrection, which I highly recommend you seek out if you can, which I want to get into that movie a little bit later uh, in another on another episode. That's going to be an H.P. Lovecraft episode. So I'm going to be touching on Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, From Beyond, uh, Resurrected. But Resurrected is a great movie, and it is a an unseen gem that I can't believe has yet to have a Blu-ray release because it, it was really a good movie. But anyway, that, that's, that's rabbit trailing. Back to Life Force. Um... Patrick Stewart is in this movie, and his scene is great. He's even talked about that scene 
uh, already on, I think, one of the Star Trek Next Generation uh, featurettes. And so I had to smile because I think he called it – I think he thought the movie was called Space Vampires. And maybe this movie was called Space Vampires at one point. I don't know. But he referred to it as Space Vampires. I'm like, he's got to be talking about Life Force. Uh, so anyway, the uh, I remember when this movie came out. This was in 85. I was 11 years old. And I remember uh, going into the Walden Books probably at the mall and seeing the Fangoria cover with, with the uh, Life Force drained – corpse sitting up with the eyes open and I'm like, holy crap, that is crazy. That is, that's just the grossest thing. And, um, it truly is a vampire movie, uh, vampires from outer space. That's really what it is. Um, instead of biting your neck, they drain your life force. And then you, you kind of, you go through the same things that the vampires go through. Like, well, I'm, I'm going to say real vampires, but, but you know, the old folklore vampires and it's so cool. And, uh, it's it's not what you think as far as as the movie progresses. They just really go for it to where it's a big full bore epidemic, and um, boy, they are canon. I got to tell you, they threw a lot of money at this thing. I I want to say uh, I'm going to get it wrong, but maybe forty to fifty million dollars, and that might be completely way off base. That could be off base, but uh, I did read somewhere that this thing has had a huge budget. Um, so anyway, it's, it's on there on the screen. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's a couple, I'm just looking at the back here. There's a couple other, uh, worthy things to talk about on, on the movie. Um, the, uh, it is rated R that here's another thing. Another reason why I think that it didn't do as good is it is rated R and something like this with all those effects, probably would have played a little bit better to a PG-13 crowd. However, it would have diluted the movie to where it, it was it wouldn't have been near as good. There's so much nudity in this movie. Um, the vampires that these astronauts discover on Haley's Comet, um, they're naked, and they're naked for a long, long time. Uh, and so it's just, it's kind of like, okay, and the way they, they're vampires, so the way they transfer their life force can be a bit, obviously sexual in nature, like most vampire type things are. Uh, so it, it gets its R rating in spades. Uh, and then not to mention just, uh, the practical effects that are in this thing. And it's Toby Hooper and Toby Hooper is, this was back when he was still churning out some really good stuff. I mean, I've already talked about Salem's lot, Texas chainsaw massacre, uh, even poltergeist, which, you know, that's, that's a Steven Spielberg, Production and Toby Hooper, I believe, I'm guessing, hired gun on that one. Uh, but and there's other Toby Hooper movies that that personally I think are underseen and underappreciated and are much better than you may think they are. So anyway, big 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 thumbs up on this one. If you're going to pick up a Scream Factory release, these things aren't the cheapest. But if you are going to pick one up, I highly recommend Life Force, um, just because it is probably one of the biggest budgeted movies that they have the rights to. And uh, it's a blast. It still holds up today, even though it's from 85. Um, it's a fun movie. And if you're a sci-fi fan like I am, you're going to enjoy it. I would be surprised if you don't enjoy it. It's a very bizarre, out-there storyline, and it's not just your standard, cheesy, cheap horror movie. So anyway, that's Life Force. Next up is... Um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of jump around here because I'm saving one for last, uh, but I'm going to now hit on a movie called The Fourth Kind, and 
more than like, I mean, this is a fairly mainstream movie, and it, it did decent enough to, you know, in the horror community and sci-fi community, they, you know what movie I'm talking about. Um, it was directed, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but he's from South Africa. And he's made another movie after this called Evidence, which was okay. It wasn't bad. Uh, and it was filmed in a similar style to The Fourth Kind. Uh, but this one here, I saw this in the theater, and it was absolutely, positively terrifying. And I can't believe that this thing did not go gangbusters like the uh, uh, Paranormal Activity movies did. Because in my opinion, this thing is way scarier than uh, any of those. I was terrified when I saw this the first time. Even the end credits with the... Uh, uh, the end, this is an alien abduction movie. The end credits, you just it's telephone calls talking about abductions. Like people are, you know, I report or I reported seeing something something in the sky or abduction. Something was adu- someone was abducted. Blah 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 blah. And it's so cool how they did that, especially after how crazy the movie was. And then that it was the perfect ending uh, with the credits. But um, back of the, I've got the Blu-ray here in front of me. Uh, in remote Alaska, citizens have been mysteriously vanishing since the 1960s despite multiple FBI investigations. The truth behind the phenomena has never been discovered until now. While videotaping therapy sessions with traumatized patients, psycho- uh, psychologist Dr. Abigail Tyler, unwitting which she would be played by Mila Jovovich, unwittingly exposes terrifying revelations of multiple victims whose claims of being visited by alien figures all share disturbingly identical details. Based on actual case studies, which that's... I'm not sure about that. The fourth kind uses Dr. Tyler's never-before-seen archival footage alongside dramatic reenactments to present the most disturbing evidence ever documented. In this provocative, provocative thriller, critics are calling terrifyingly real the most shocking alien abduction movie to date. Well, that's not saying much. There's not... There's not tons of alien abduction movies out there. However, I would agree, this is the most terrifying alien abduction movie I've seen. Um, Speaking of alien abduction, here's my rabbit trail uh, for for this movie. Uh, VHS Part 2 has a segment, and I I know I've talked about this movie already, but it has a segment called uh, Alien Alien Abduction Sleepover. And if you haven't seen it, it is 10 minutes of complete, absolute, terrifying awesomeness. Watch that movie now. Not just for that. Watch it for the whole thing. It's great. Especially that that uh, segment. That's the last segment, uh, segment of the movie. Uh, but this one here uh, is, uh, I got to tell you, it's, it's very, very well done. It's very well made. Will Patton is in it. And uh, Will Patton has kind of made a name for himself. I'm a big uh, audiobooks listener. And Will Patton is on quite a bit of uh, of audiobooks. And he is great. Like, he does a lot of Stephen King books. And I love listening to his voice. He's got this really good voice for, for that type of thing. And he's really good in this movie, too. Um, but he's the guy that Jovovich is trying to convince that something's going on. Her kid is abducted. And uh, it's just crazy. Um, there's a lot of... It, you know, it's it does... They try to put a spin on the whole found footage thing, so you're like I read on the back of the box here. So it is kind of a found footage movie, um, but it's also you know interspliced with interviews and uh, it just seems like they're going more for uh, a, a movie movie with some found footage with some interviews that type of thing. Um, and they played this really straight to where hey this really this stuff happened. And I did some research and I'm yeah, yeah I'm not so sure about that. 
But regardless, it it's still a great movie. There are some scares in this movie. Um, oh my goodness, it just it gives me goosebumps. That um, I don't want to spoil for any listener that may not have seen this movie, but I think that this is a gem in the rough. I think that even though it got a theatrical release and it did, like I said, it did okay. Um, it's a lot scarier than a lot of movies that are coming out now. And I think I've seen it several times and I think the thing holds up immensely. Um, it's well acted and for a PG 13 rated movie, it is creepy. And it's one of those, uh, exorcism of Emily Rose type of creepies where doesn't have to rely on blood and gore and stuff like that to be truly scary and really get under your skin. And this movie does just that. Uh, so Anyway, big thumbs up. And it's interesting that the director of the movie himself is actually on this movie talking about, you know, what's going on and, you know, I'm, I'm going to recreate this stuff. And so it really truly feels like it's like this really did happen. Very much like the Blair Witch was selling themselves, that, that movie was selling itself as this really happened and these people are gone and we're doing an investigation and he tries to do it with this thing too. And for the most part things, I didn't know anything about it when it first came out. I'm like, no way. Is this, you know, some of this stuff real. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, anyway, moving on. So that's, that's big, big thumbs up. This next one that I'm going to talk about also gets a thumbs up, but this one here, I give a, uh, I don't even say reserve thumbs up because it really is a good movie. Um, but it's nothing, overly special and there's a couple of plot devices in it that uh that this the few times i've seen this movie that i i you can pick up on a mile away and you're like yeah they're just doing that to advance the story and to create the whole you know he said she said type of thing uh the the spouses aren't agreeing with each other and it's like come on get with the program you the writing's on the wall it's one of those movies to where the uh the one spouse is like, why are you not believing this? It's happening right in front of you. And the other the other spouse, in this case, the husband, is like, no, 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 I don't believe that. There is no such thing as aliens. And no, 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 no. Well, what about the birds crashing into our house? Oh, it's just, uh, you know, it's because of this. or what? It's just, I, I hate when they do that. I mean, a little bit of it, fine. I, I understand you have to set the stage, you have to set the tone of the movie, but after a while, it's like, really? Come on. I, I hate when they do that, where almost the entire movie is is one spouse disagreeing with the other and fighting them tooth and nail the whole way through. I hate that. Uh, and they do that in this movie. In fact, that is my biggest gripe about this movie, is the husband's unwillingness to buy into the fact that they are being visited by aliens and their kids are in danger. Uh, so, Dark Skies is the movie, and um, it's going to... I'm going to read the uh, back here. Uh, another PG-13 rated movie, so it's it's one of those relying more on scares than anything else. Uh, from the producer of Paranormal Activity, Insidious, and Sinister comes Dark Skies, a supernatural thriller that follows a young family living in the suburbs. As husband and wife, Daniel and Lacey Barrett, uh, and they're played by Josh Hamilton and Carrie Russell. And Carrie Russell, you... She's kind of the, the, the big star of the movie here. Uh, and she's, she's really good in this, actually. Uh, they witness an escalating series of disturbing events involving their family. Their safe and peaceful home quickly unravels. When it becomes clear that the Barrett family is being targeted by an unimaginably terrifying and deadly force, Daniel and Lacey take matters into their own hands to solve the mystery of what is after their family. Um, uh, J.K. Uh, 
Simmons is also in this, and he's he's the character that is plopped in here to also progress the plot um, as a way of giving some exposition as to why the family is being visited by uh, by aliens or may or may not be visited by aliens. So, and that's another thing. It's like you know, you're you're simply a a character to move the plot along uh, and, and give the audience some answers. I get it. That's fine. Um, it still knocks it down a notch. However, this movie is very, very, very scary, especially towards the end. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but obviously if you if, if you know that this is an alien abduction movie, then you know what it's going to be about, and you know that it's going to have aliens in it and that are trying to get them. And um, I thought that it was really well done. The aliens, without give, again, without giving too much away, we do see them to a certain extent, and they are creepy. There are some terrifying, terrifying part, parts in this movie. Uh, and I... I, I love it. I thought that was I thought it was great. I was uh, the first time I watched it. Uh, I was like, yeah, that was that was good. But the the, the issues that I had just discussed with with you um, really were bothering me. And then on my second viewing, I was able to overlook it a little bit and know that okay, well, you know, he they always come around uh, either right before they're going to get killed or towards the end of the movie. It's like okay, well, it's time to get on board now. So I'm not giving anything away to say that yeah, he does come around on it. Um, so. You know, when you watch it again, you're like, okay, well, I know that, you know, he's not going to be this idiot the entire movie, but we're just going to have to wade through his idiocy for at least an hour. Um, But regardless, it is a really, really good movie. And it is kind of similar to the fourth kind in that it is, you know, alien alien abduction movie. Aliens are out for kids. So it's that subject matter, especially with... uh, Myself being a parent with two young kids, it is pretty creepy to, to think of that. And I happen to believe in aliens. Uh, I think that they are out there. And so the, the thought of that just it really creeps me out. Uh, but it gets a big thumbs up. This is not a huge budget movie, but the money is on the screen. And it's played more for very creepy, slow burn scares. And this thing got annihilated in the theaters. In fact, this was one that I was thinking about seeing. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I simply cannot justify driving to the theater to watch a movie that gets that bad of reviews. Um, but little did I know that uh, the reviews were wrong. This is a good movie. This is a this was this was a gem in the rough here. Um, especially setting your expectations, you know, having your expectations in check, that, that knowing that there is a couple of annoying things in this movie, and that it's it is kind of cookie cutter, but that's okay. It's still it's only 90 minutes long. It's fast paced. It's uh, and fast paced meaning things keep progressing, but it's that slow burn build up the whole way through. Um, but there's constantly weird things going on, so I really liked it. I thought the acting was really good. The production values were good for for the lower budget, and uh, I say rent you know rent it, watch it, whatever it should be seen. It's it's much better than you may have heard. So, Dark Skies. Um, Last movie here, uh, and this one here is fantastic. And this is another one that uh, that bombed, and I. Uh, it's unfortunate that it didn't do good because it is great, and it's just unfortunate that we have yet to see the director's cut. But I still hold out hope, and that movie is Event Horizon. Of course, I'm going to talk about Event Horizon. I was just waiting for the perfect episode and opportunity to talk about one of my favorite science fiction horror movies, and that is Event Horizon. Uh, this movie came out in 1997. Paul Anderson directed it. Paul Anderson, uh, as some of you may know, directed the, uh, several of the Resident Evil movies. 
Uh, he's done. He's done a lot of stuff at this point. Uh, Alien versus Predator. I defend the guy. Yeah, he's made some some turkeys, but um, I like what he's doing. He's making cool action horror um, movies. I, I like him. I've there's very few Paul Anderson movies that I don't on some level or another enjoy. Uh, the first Mortal Kombat. He did Mortal Kombat. I believe that was his first movie. I loved that when it came out. I thought that was fantastic. Now, it's really dated. Um, but I like his style, and he gets ripped on. Oh, he gets so ripped on. Alien vs. Predator got trashed. And, I, and I'm not going to talk about Alien vs. Predator movies. I'd like to dedicate a whole episode at some point to talking about all of the Alien movies, including uh, Alien vs. Predator movies, and uh, maybe even if I... I probably won't have time to talk about the Predator movies, but... I want to talk about the alien movies in an, on another episode. But for now, Event Horizon. Uh, this movie was produced by Paramount and uh, stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill. Uh, there actually, there's a there's a lot of uh, of big name actors in this thing. Um, very much R rated, hard R rated. Um, but the problem with this movie is, again, it's, it's 95 minutes long, but it needs to be much longer. They're going for a fast-paced action sci-fi horror movie, and that's fine. But I think that this movie would be even better if it would have been a really a much more deliberate, slow-paced, slow-burn build-up type thing with some really powerful jump scares thrown in. And this movie has jump scares in spades as well as gore in spades. Reading the back here of the Blu-ray that I've got, uh, its name is Event Horizon. The high-tech, pioneering research spacecraft mysteriously vanished without a trace on its maiden voyage seven years earlier. But a weak, persistent signal from the long-missing craft prompts a rescue team, headed by the insepid Captain Miller, which that's Lawrence Fishburne, to wing its way through the galaxy on a bold rescue mission. Accompanying Miller is his elite crew and the lost ship's designer, Sam Neill. Uh, their mission is to find and salvage the state-of-the-art spacecraft. What they uncover instead is state-of-the-art interstellar horror. Kathy Quilland, which she was in Apollo 13, and Julie Richardson, he was from Nip and Tuck, also star in this gripping sci-fi thriller. Um, this movie was notoriously butchered by the studio. Um, I believe that there is 40 minutes of cut stuff in uh, out there somewhere that supposedly is lost, but if Nightbreed can do it, so can Event Horizon. So I'm still holding out hope that this the footage will find uh, find the light of day. In fact, some of the scenes were in a Fangoria issue at some point or another. They had still images of stuff, some stuff that was cut. And this movie is already a hard R, but man, the stuff they cut was crazy. Uh, so I really, really hope that they eventually come out with an extended version of this. Um, for being 1997, I gotta say the special effects are almost as good as something that would come out today. And I saw this movie in the theater and was blown away. I mean, the first time I saw it, I'm like, "This movie is so good." The special effects are are amazing. The uh, the action is great. The acting is great. The storyline itself is so cool. In fact, it's funny the storyline in this movie, um, Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's movie, actually has some of this movie in it and obviously it's the whole wormhole thing and event horizon that that term that is an, that's a term is used in interstellar but there's some black hole in this movie like the old disney movie black hole um it's just great it is a great 
science fiction horror movie. If you haven't seen it and you're not a horror fan, still watch it because it is a great movie with great visuals, suspense. Um, to me, uh, and again, it, there's there's got to be a longer version out there somewhere, but this feels like The Shining in Outer Space. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but they do find the Event Horizon and uh, the, this crew, and they start to explore the ship, and really crazy things start to happen. Ghosty outer space things uh, from where that are with them from where Event Horizon had been. Um, but the less I say, that's all I'm going to say about the, the plot because it it's so cool. You gotta you gotta see it. Um, in fact, I'm going to probably keep a couple of these movies out because I want to rewatch them. Just talking about them makes me want to rewatch them, especially Event Horizon. Um, I, I got to tell you, please give these movies a watch. They're all really, really good for different reasons. Um, and it's hard for me to pick a personal favorite out of all these. It's probably between Life Force and Event Horizon. Event Horizon probably win, winning out. Um, if you don't think that the Event Horizon spaceship itself is one of the most badass spaceships to ever grace the silver screen, then there's something wrong with you because it's so cool. Um, it's a little bit of 2001 A Space Odyssey's ship crossed with uh, this this big outer space warship, I guess. It's so cool. Um, highly recommend this movie. I can't wait to rewatch this now because I'm going to rewatch this as soon as possible. Um, but anyway, so I'm running out of time here. Those are my movies that I'm going to be talking about today. And there, now that I've talked about these, I want to say there is a plethora of great sci-fi horror out there uh, just waiting to be discovered. Um, so please don't think that, you know, these are the only ones I like. Trust me, I like all sorts of sci-fi horror movies. In fact, I mean, The Thing and the prequel, sequel, reboot type thing, whatever you want to call it, that's a fantastic movie. Uh, and I consider those to be sci-fi horror movies. Um, and the list is the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, uh, I could keep talking about about a bunch of different ones that that uh, that I think are great, but. That's for another episode. I just picked three off the top of my head that I really liked and I wanted to share with you guys. So anyway, that's going to do it for me today. It's good to be back doing my podcast again. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to drop me an email at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. And make sure you listen to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks, as well as my sister pod show, Movie Freaks, at Movie Freaks Podcast on YouTube. So that's going to do it today. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and I'm Eugene Weaver. Until next time.